Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show, Viking Hot Takes. We've got me, Flip Mozzie. We've got Eric J. Thompson. It's an NFL draft review today. So 10 new draft picks, 20 minutes, and the fans with the answers in the comments, too. Settle in, and we'll see you on the other side of the roll. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Hello, hello, let's go. Eric, we did a draft preview last week. We went 0 for 6. Yep. <laughs> So yeah. now we're we're doing a draft to review for all y'all. And Eric, can you promise the people that we're going to do better with our takes this week? Well, yes. I mean, but that's why we are both kind of in the position that we are in the draft. We know that all these mock drafts end up being wrong. And we were the first to admit, like, that's why we don't do a ton of research before the draft, just because all these guys that you really do want on the team usually don't end up on your team. Like we, <laughs> we had six guys that we threw out. None of them are current Vikings, but now we get to focus on 10 new Vikings that they picked. And there's a, there's a, well, eight undrafted free agents, if maybe nine if you include the mm-hmm. kicker now from Oklahoma today. But um, yep. So there's lots of new faces that we know are going to be in training camp at uh, Egan and TCO in just, uh, what, three and a half short months? So, or no, less than that even. Like, so, like, less than three months. So uh, it's exciting. This is, this, is the, this is the meat and potatoes of the, of the season now. Now we're getting into the actual tangible things instead of all the mocks and theoreticals. Yeah, it's really, we are setting the example. We show what it takes to be a good Vikings fan. Don't be too obsessed with the mock drafts. Come for the after the draft takes and the grade. So if you're watching right now, if you're in the chat, I want you to post your draft grades throughout the show. Post your grades on every single player if you want to. Get up there, start causing a storm because now we know who's in purple. So let's get the time on the clock. And the first question, Eric, I am going to ask you for a grade. It's not going to be the 2022 draft. I'm going to ask you to grade the Vikings 2019 draft. I love this question. I love that you took the three years removed or now three full seasons removed because this is how you uh, actually should grade. Everything right now is obviously incomplete. No one's played it down in the NFL. We know who the players are. We don't know how they're going to actually perform. So, but I, we have to go through this kind of fast. We only got 20 minutes. They picked 12 guys that season. So I, yeah. I have a list. I have a list. I'm going to go through everyone. I'm going to try to go through this like rapid fire. I'm not going to give a grade for everyone. I'll give an overall one. But so there were 12 picks. And in true Spielman fashion, nine of them are on day three. <laughs> so that's a, uh, the, I think there were uh, three sixths and four sevenths or something like that. And uh, But so, all right, we'll start. Garrett Bradbury. Not a great start. Uh, you're not getting his fifth-year option picked up. That's already been reported because he hasn't played very well. But that said, you can't blindly give this one. Well, that's an F minus. He was terrible. They picked him in the 18th pick. He's like that was the worst pick ever. He is a three-year starter. He's probably going to be a four-year starter. I mean, he's playing. He's starting. He's a member of the team. Obviously, it's not. Okay. But you're not giving that an A plus either. So. Well, that one there. Irv Smith, sadly, you kind of have to give this uh, an incomplete so far. 
like he's only played mm-hmm. in 29 games in three seasons. And in the two mm-hmm. seasons he did play, he wasn't the guy. He wasn't the tight end. They still had Rudolph. And only 66 catches, 676 yards so far. I think seven touchdowns. And But, I mean, it's definitely sal- salvageable. Like he, he is poised to be the guy. He is the tight end. He was supposed to be last year, got hurt. That happens. If he is this guy, I mean, it's like the third annual – Irv Smith is going to make the leap kind of year. But if he actually yeah. does it, then it's a great pick. Because I the potential's there. We've seen enough uh-huh. where we can be excited about that. You go to Alexander Madison, everything you could ask for in a backup running back, right? Like mm-hmm. his his he has made sure the the times that Delvin Cook got hurt, it the the level of play didn't drop off that much. But I think with the how the Vikings drafted this year by picking the North Carolina uh, running back, I think it's signs are kind of pointing to this is probably might be his last season with the team because they already have cook locked up for a long-term extension. He's not going anywhere in Madison. If Wangu and uh, the new guy are, the, you know, you're not, you're not going to have four running backs in the mix. So again, it's a, he's been a solid pick, but nothing like he's, he's not the, the, the guy of the future. Uh, Drew Samia. Yeah. I think we can go pretty fast on this one. You had another offensive <laughs> line pick uh, that in the long history of Rick Spielman in interior offensive line picks that just didn't work out. You know, he had a shot, wasn't worth it. That wasn't it. He, he's gone. All right. Uh, Cam Smith. That's a bummer. Not really his fault. Health reasons. Yeah. Forced into retirement due to a harsh, heart issue that was discovered after he got COVID. Thank goodness he's okay. But uh, again, not nothing really to speak of from a Viking standpoint. Um, then you get into a couple late picks. They were actually pretty good. We got Armin Watts for a sixth rounder. This is a nice pick. Like He, he had five mm-hmm. sacks last year. He's still probably in the defensive tackle mix going into this season. That's pretty good ROI right there. Like If you're getting that for a sixth yeah. rounder, a, a, a productive guy, that's fine. Marcus Epps, actually a decent draft pick if you look at his career and his stats and his playing time so far. Unfortunately, the majority yeah. of that playing time has been with the Eagles, not with the Vikings, because yeah. he, he went there right away. <laughs> so that one's not great for the Vikings. Um, Oliudo, again, six rounder. The pick is fine. He has he has been he's has been a starter. He's proved that he isn't the future though uh, at, at right guard after the extended playing time he got last year. Now we're on to Chris Boyd again. Pretty good value. A seventh rounder that's actually contributed all three years in, on defense and special teams. That's a win. That's fine. Um, then you have Dylan Mitchell. Um, I thought he had a couple solid practices at the 2019 <laughs> camp in Egan. I think that's the highlight. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think he played in any games for the Vikings. So um, then uh, BC Johnson, again, a super, like after his rookie year, like, oh, man, this is a steal. The Seventh best round one. Guy. Yeah, yeah, like he might be the best of the bunch. And pretty quiet second season. Then, of course, he was hurt all of last year. It's like you always kind of forget that he's still on the roster right now. Like he could still be in the mix. He could be bounced back. But, I mean, first he's going to have to make the roster in 2022. That's not a given. So if he bounces back, sure. I mean, overall. And then, of course, they finished it off with Austin Cutting. And this is what you get for drafting a long snapper. You Probably don't, you know, not, not a great ROI there. So, again, okay. it's up and down all over the place. A lot of swings there. And I'd probably give it like a C plus. Like, of the top three picks, only one really has a chance to be a star. And there was a few straight up whiffs in the late rounds. But I think there were some pleasant surprises, too. So, it, uh, that's kind of in the middle. Maybe a little above average, but not like a complete uh, home run by any means. What do you think? I, I, I want to give it an F. You convinced me to an give F? it a D minus. You convinced oh me to gosh. give it a D minus. But, I mean, the draft is for long-term value. And who's going to get a second contract? Maybe Irv Smith Jr. That's, That's it. So I think it's a bad foundation that Quasi has to build upon. But I 
tend to be called a quasi-apologists. Let's get to the next question. Okay. This one is about the current draft because this is the draft recap. Who was your favorite Vikings pick of this 2022 NFL draft? <laughs> I'm wearing the shirt for, from one Ghanaian to another. I'm going to say love it. Brian Asamoa. And I'm actually going to give you a football reason. I'm not just going to make it about the fact that he's from the best country in the world. So, you know, a lot of this pick is people don't like it because it's talking about linebacker instead of wide receiver. We already have starting linebackers. Last year's Vikings, the primary flaw was depth. They had a great starting lineup on both sides of the ball. We were concerned about their depth. And... They got burned by that depth in the season. So I just see a new defensive scheme. There's going to be more linebackers on their field. And Minnesota had no depth there. Chaz Surratt, we knew it was a bad draft pick. Troy Dye hasn't worked out. They had to have depth between behind two 30-year-old linebackers. It's just a smart thing to do. So I think the pick is completely justified. And I do like Brian Asamoah's speed and athleticism. Who's your favorite? Well, I'm going to like, I really did like the Asamoah pick too. Like that's, it's a really good value. And I I do think he's going to be in the mix to maybe not be a starter, but like definitely be a rotational guy because linebacker was a problem last year with depth, and it will be this year. I think, uh, you know, like, I can definitely point at the first one, like Lewis Seen. I think he's a, a freakish mm-hmm. athlete. I think with a four three seven forty and like an eleven one broad jump, absolutely insane kind of athleticism. Really good against the run, a big hitter, and he was kind of the the cleaner of that amazing Georgia defense that I think everyone went in the first two rounds or whatever. <laughs> like they basically had their entire team drafted, but yeah, that yeah. that was a testament to to how good he was on the back end there. Like if if the Georgia defense did have a, a weakness, which was you know it was probably. A secondary and scene really kind of cleaned up things on the back end there and he's just i like that he is pro ready like he's ready to make that secondary better now now how the vikings use him that might be a different story because they have bynum in the mix harrison smith is obviously going to be there so does he beat bynum out to just be that opposite starting safety do they do a lot of uh the you know what we talked about with Petrie before the, the, the draft have that kind of money backer position for scene because he can definitely come up and support the run um I know our our, our buddy uh, Tyler Fornes really thinks that Andrew Booth is the steal of the draft, and I I, I like mm-hmm. his potential. If his medicals yeah. check out, I think the athleticism is is definitely there too, and I I like how smart he is on film. Like everything that I've seen on Booth, that he he knows where to be, and hopefully he'll 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 work out uh, a little better than the last second round corner that the Vikings drafted out of Clemson. So Max- so you're 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 literally just going to say the first round pick was your favorite pick. We're going to be that simple about it, yeah. Yeah, well, like because I really wasn't in love with a lot of the rest. I, like you, you had it with yeah. Osmos. I'm not going to regurgitate that, but like, there's a lot of question marks. But that's that's what you get with the late round draft picks. And it, with Seen and Booth, you, you know, I, I, there's a lot on film, and there's a lot of you know, uh, good feedback so far. But yeah, I know it's it's kind of a cop yeah. out, but that's what I do on the draft. Hey, it's okay. I, I do like the Seen pick, so I'm not going to give you too much crap for it. Uh, question number two, Eric, how does Kwesi compare to the other newly hired GMs so far? That's a really good question because it so far it just feels, I mean, there, there's that feel. It, it happened like while I was watching. I, I have to separate the, the, this is a new regime. A lot of it felt familiar. We, this The whole process has like, oh, there's trading down. We're getting more day three picks. Uh, yeah, but the, the process, I, 
it definitely seemed like Kwesi has a, he had a plan. He had values assigned. It, it was different than a lot of traditional that like that. If you look at it, um, these two trade downs that we're going to talk about a little later in the show here, you know, depending on which chart you use, if it's the old Jerry Johnson chart uh, that you hate those trades, but if you're looking at more, uh, some of the more modern analytical kind of charts, it turns out a little better. Um, it's, I guess the one, you know, the main GM he's going to get compared against is Ryan Poles because he's interviewed with both and he's obviously going to be in the division. I think for Kwesi, like for the comparison with that, like the short-term results better be better than what Poles has be just because I think the bears are kind of in a bad place. Like they have that ideal rookie contract thing, but you know, if, if fields turns out to be a stud, they have him salary controlled for three more seasons or four probably. And, but they are so up against it. They have so much dead money. And like they're, he polls is paying for the sins of his last regime a lot more. You know, it's not like Spielman left a, a treasure chest of talent on the roster, but polls, I don't know what direction they're going to have to go because this is the time when you have someone like fields, that's supposed to be the guy on a rookie contract. You're supposed to build studs around him. Like a lot of the other teams have, you know, that's what happened with Patrick Mahomes. That's what the bills did with Josh Allen. You know, obviously those quarterbacks have been paid since then, but that's what the chargers are doing right now with Herbert. Like that is where you should, should strike and throw all the resources in the other parts of your roster. I don't think like that. That's an, I think that's a sim- similarity from different sides. The Equasi can't really do that right now because of the Cousins contract, and the Bears um, polls can't really do it because of you know the the salary cap hell that they're kind of in. So it'll be really interesting. Those are going to be the main two. It's to be decided. I think so far it, it's it's tough to tell. What do you yeah. think? I, I think you covered it with polls. I don't think that Quasi inherited that much better of a situation. But, you know, we'll have to agree to disagree because of how this regime has acted. They've kind of played the middle role. I think it's actually more interesting when you compare them to the other new GM in Las Vegas, the Raiders, where they decided to push all of the chips in. They extended Derek Carr, who is a mediocre quarterback for about the same salary cap amount as we're paying Kirk Cousins. They extended him through 2025, not just 2023. So I don't know how you can really... You hate you can hate the Kirk Cousins move, but like that move. And then they also traded, you know, future draft capital and this year's draft capital to go get Devontae Adams. So they have literally pushed all the chips in. And you cannot tell me that they are a top two team in the NFC in the AFC West with Kansas City and and Los Angeles there. So right. I, I I think all three of these GMs are pretty interesting how they've chosen to go through their first year first off season. Yeah, I, I could totally understand if the Raiders weren't playing in one of the best divisions in recent history, the kind of moves they made. But like, right. I mean, there's a chance they could, you know, they could be a much better team this year and finish with a much worse record just because that division is so yeah. stacked. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting yeah. to see. It, there are three very different situations with three, you know, there there's a lot of roadblocks for different reasons for all three of them. But it'll be really interesting to see yeah. how it plays out this season. Yeah. All, all right. right. So we we touched on this a, sec, a little bit ago, but let's dig into it. So the two big trades with the Packers and the Lions. Did the Vikings get enough back trading down with their division rivals during the draft? Okay, so I'm going to start very quickly here. The last four words of this question do not matter. Get it out of your head. Do not These Minnesota fan syndrome where we always have to be scared of the worst case scenario. Look, 
Jamison Williams what. and Christian Watson, they're going to be on those teams for four years at minimum. They might go off for 150 yards. Who cares? Get this out of your head. This is why it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. This is why y'all go quiet in the third quarter of a Timberwolves game. This is why y'all go quiet in the first period of a Minnesota Wild game. Keep the faith. To answer the actual question, the first trade was kind of mad. Um, it, it was kind of mad. They did not get great value, especially what we thought going into the draft. We thought, you know, somebody would trade up for a quarterback. They'd be able to get 2023 round two or round three pick out of that. They didn't get that. And I think we understand why, because nobody wanted a quarterback. Overall, I'm happy that they traded down instead of staying at 12 and picking somebody because it got us Lewis Seen, it got us Andrew Booth, and it let us trade down again with the Packers, which was just an absolute fleece job. Dave wants to call it dirty. Yeah, we did the Packers dirty, and we should be really <laughs> happy about that because 34 for 53 and 59 is a no-brainer, and the scouting reports on Christian Watson just aren't that good. The seventh receiver, you're going to trade up the 34 to take the seventh best receiver in a draft. That is great value. And again, I don't care about the fact that they traded division rivals. I am 100% with you on the division rival thing. It shouldn't matter who you trade with. It should matter the value you get back. Yes, yes, the the one risk that you run is if the player that the other team traded up for blows up, you get to see him blow up twice a year. But that shouldn't be the, the part of the equation that matters. Like, yes, they went up and got their guy. It was Jameson Williams in the first one. That's We talked about him before the draft. That was a possible target. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the new three deep that the, Vi- the Vikings might have been able to do. But, you know, the of course, in on a personal level, the Packers trade, I've, I the value they got back was great. Of course, they had to draft the NDSU guy. They had to. My, my, my alma mater, they could trade up to get Christian Watson. Now, if Christian Watson's good, I have to like feel bad about it. I just want to like my bison, but that's it. That's just a personal level. The green Bay trade again. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on both actually. Like that's the, if they, I just think they could have got more. Yes. There were not, you know, there was not a run on quarterbacks, but that was right in the middle of the run on the top wide receivers. I think they could have yeah. got more for someone to trade up to, you know, especially right after Olave went. Like, look what the Saints gave up to get Olave one pick earlier. You know, like I think they could have got a little better package for it. Yeah, but the the division part of it, I was I was ready to argue with you on it, but turns out you agree with me. Like that, who you trade with yeah. shouldn't matter. It's the value you get back. I'm telling you, this is this is why y'all go quiet in the second period of the Minnesota Wild game. Oh no, here we go again. Well, it does go again though. <laughs> that's, that's different. <laughs> All right, Eric, quickly, you see the roster as it is after the draft. Any post-draft free agents you're looking at targeting? Guess who I'm going to bring up? Again, I think this is like the third time we've brought him up on the show like over the last 3 months. JC Trader. He's still sitting there. His dad likes all these tweets now. Like he's he's like that's that's the sign these days, right? Dads run the they may as well run free agency. I mean, we got Beckham's dad doing stuff with it. JC Treader's dad's like I love the Twitter sleuths, by the way. Like the the research that goes into that. Oh, look at all these things that he liked. Like all right, great. But he's still a great fit. If they aren't going to renew Bradbury, might as well bring in some new blood. You know what I mean? Like make if but make that. If that that D minus draft grade uh, from 2019 a little better by replacing him with someone else, that's that's the the one name that 
keeps on jumping out at me. Like, I, I think that seems like a perfect fit. And if he's still around this long after the free agency period and the draft, I don't think he's going to break the bank. So why not? Do you have any other ones? Like, that's the only one that comes to mind right now. I don't have anybody else, and we got two minutes left. So I'm just going to say, fans, keep on drafting your draft grades in the comments. Type one if you want J.C. Treader. Type two <laughs> if you want somebody else. And give me your draft grade. Judith just gave us a C- minus on the draft. So let's go to these final questions. All right. All right. My final question for you. We know we're, the Vikings are going to London again. It's week four. It's against the Saints. It's at Tottenham Stadium. Uh, it's exciting on a personal level because I'm going to try to get out there again. But be, uh, that aside, isn't it an advantage or a disadvantage for the Vikings to have to head to, to London again for the first time in five years? Yeah, fun. It's fun to go to London, right? Easiest sure. question, though. It's a huge disadvantage. I mean, <laughs> this is a joke. We know these international games are so far away. It takes a ton of travel. The NFL makes up for that by placing a bye week after the game. So the Vikings will most likely have a week five bye in an 18-week season. That's yep. 13, 13 straight games to end the year and a game every week in November and December. There will be a lot of cold weather football. Minnesota's playing in Green Bay, Chicago, Philadelphia, D.C., and Buffalo this year's. So 80% of those games will probably occur over after the bye. That is my main focus with the schedule release next week. 13 straight games. Ridiculous disadvantage for the Minnesota Vikings. Do you think, I think they still give teams an option to like wave the bye. Like they can play. I think one team did it one year. Would you do that if you're the Vikings? Because, yes, that was the number one thing. That's why I asked the question is yeah. because the London game and not having to go to the Superdome, that's that's a tough place to play. That like the, That's fine. But just the week five by the October 9th, they're going to have their bye, and then three straight months. That's like – would you consider it if you're the Vikings? I mean, that's, that's almost – I mean, even- it depends how you feel about your young talent because – You know, you look at like a Justin Jefferson who was ready to go, but a lot of those other players like Irv Smith Jr., what if they want, uh, you know, what if they want Lewis Seen to start after the bye week? What if they want uh, Andrew Book to start after the bye week? That time just got really compressed for those young players. And that's a great point, Nick. There are nine home games and seven away games next year. Because it's it's still a, it's still a road game. It's still a road game. But it's a it's nine home game. game. Okay, <laughs> but like home field, I mean, it's not right. the home crowd field advantage is not a thing anymore. Right, you're right. Yeah, yep. It's not it's, the crowd that makes it a road game. It, it's the travel. If, if it was the middle of the season, I'd have no problem with it. But yes, that early in the season sucks. But it'll be fun to travel. It'll, yeah, it'll be fun you, to go yeah. as a fan. Yeah, Eric's gonna go. You know. It's um. Maybe. Is the Premier League going to be back up and running? That's yes. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That they like take like a whole like two months off. They start in August. Okay. But yes, my my beloved West Ham. As soon as that schedule comes out in June, then I'm going to see where they're playing that weekend. Hopefully, it'll be. I I did the double last year. I was an away fan uh, at Crystal Palace the last time, and then I went to the Browns and Vikings game the next day. It was the best sports weekend of my life. I hope I get to do it again. That was that was awesome. That's Adam Thielen scored a touchdown that game and did the soccer celebration. Yeah, the knee slide. Yep. 
Well, that's it, y'all. That's the post-draft review. Next week, I'm going to make sure that Eric clears his Google Calendar because the schedule release is coming out on Thursday, and we're going to be here to break it down for you. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Eric, any last any last comments? No, I think it's it's exciting. This is we're we're actually we're making plans for the season now. It's it's the the, the mocks are done. Uh, the mocks are dead. Long live the mocks. <laughs> Dave, take it away. Well, I've got a question for you guys. All right. Um on the overseas game. Do you know the Vikings overseas record? They are undefeated in London. I know that, and I think the Saints are too. So this is uh, this is for like London bragging rights. I think you, I think that whoever wins this game gets like a, a an abbey or a palace or something, right? Or, or lordship. Could be, maybe. The <laughs> uh, Vikings have played overseas six times, twice in the regular season because before that it was all exhibition stuff. Yep. Vikings are six and zero oh every time they play overseas. Oh wow, wow, that's exciting! If only it well, were happening. It's well, like, I it's, it's like that. Well, it's like, it's like the Vikings. Them in London the, than I would down in New Orleans. Why not? Last time we were down in New Orleans, we whooped up on them, baby. Yeah, but it's Kirk a, Cousins D. Yeah, there we ah. go. Kirk, yeah. No, I want Eric to go over and get a few pints and then reports from the game. So right. now I that gotta, is the I real gotta, reason. I've got. I got to meet up. Previous. Yeah, I got to meet up with the reef again at the, the the bar that was built in like sixteen, rebuilt in sixteen sixty two. So I'm going to do stuff yeah. like that. I want to go be a tourist again. Oh, and speaking of a reef, he made a wonderful point last night about trading in the division, which you guys didn't cover. It adds a magnifier to the trade because if, twice a year. Yeah. Well, not just the twice a year, but if they turn out good. The trade looks even worse for you. If they turn out horrible, it looks even better for you. And it can yes. go both ways. And if they both turn out good, it's a wash. You know, so yep. that's right. But if you talk to the average Vikings fan, there is no if it works both ways. Right. Well, they're already making yeah, Jameson Williams is a is a Hall of Famer already, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's that's basically our answer. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, the only thing we have the remaining of this week is me and Darren on Saturday for two old bloggers as we'll wrap up all, all right. these festivities post-draft and uh, we should have some fun. Cool graphics. It'll be great. Until next time, y'all. Skull Vikes. Oh. Skull Vikes. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell and rate us on your favorite aggregator. And a special shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.